Hey, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? Today is Palm Sunday. All right. Hosanna. Yes. We enter into this week with anticipation of uh, just God working and rejoicing. And uh, so um, I pray that you are already planning and looking forward to how this week may unfold. Uh, don't, you know, don't, don't let it just be another week, but let it be something special and think about what the Lord was going through and the disciples. And then we'll come together next week for Easter Sunday. And uh, so that'll be wonderful. So uh, we have, uh, we have um, an announcement to make um, about our Easter egg hunt. But first, I got to do a little backup, you know, beep, beep, backup. Uh, I made my first mistake this year. <laughs> got to confess that. So I did a conflict of interest next Saturday with the ladies' breakfast, and then, you know, putting, uh, you know, going forward with the, the egg uh, thing, and that was all my fault. So um, if you want to beat anybody up, you want to sling mud on them, uh, this is the face to do it, all right? And so I apologize for that. And so uh, the ladies are going to do... Um, have a meeting uh, if you want to meet with Cindy. She's she, so um, yeah. So anyway, but it, it just let you know that it was all my fault. It wasn't her fault. It wasn't anybody's fault, but my fault to to do that conflict there. But all said and done, let's look go past it and look forward to Saturday because this is a great community outreach. And I love this. I gotta say this, Katie. I love this because and you did this also for the. Um, trick-or-treat, the Halloween, it uh, wasn't a Halloween, but it was an event that we had in, in fall. It's a community harvest festival. And uh, that it was something that God spoke to her to do. And I love that. Listen, if God is speaking you to do something, don't wait for somebody to ask you to do that. I mean, in the context of the ministry and church, yes, come and talk to us what God has laid on your heart, and then we'll go forward with that if, if this is what God wants us to do. And I just love that because she is, is it, God spoke to her heart, and she ran with it, and now it's developing in something, and I think something good. So Katie, um, I'm going to ask you to come up this time <laughs> and uh, share about the egg thing. Spread that mic there. Yeah. Good? Good. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm talking, okay. Well, I'm here to tell you, somebody loves you. His uh, name is Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, hold on, let me. Mm -hmm. Okay, I was uh, reading a devotion this morning um, for the start of Holy Week in Palm Sunday, and I wanted to read um, just this short quote uh, from that devotion this morning. And it says, as Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. It's 1 Corinthians 15, 17. N.T. Wright said, this is our greatest festival. Take Easter away and you don't have a New Testament. You don't have Christianity. And that really spoke to me, um, all silliness aside, and the bunny and the eggs and all that. 
the the true meaning is Jesus in the yes. resurrection. And um, this week, the God just gave me like this little spark to do a community Agapalooza event as an outreach um, to really show the community love. And um, with COVID, so many Easter things are already canceled, and why not do something? And I know it's totally last minute, um, but God just really stirred this in me, so I reached out and asked if we could do something like that. So here I am reaching out to you also asking for for some help. Um, uh, So here are some ways that I could use your help this week. Um, In the back, there's a table with uh, all kinds of um, flyers that you could pass out to spread the word. Um, We need physical donations of uh, eggs and candy and fillers. If you weren't able to bring it today, you could bring it on Wednesday, which Wednesday will need help filling all these eggs in the morning. So that's Wednesday um, 9 to 12, and if we don't finish Wednesday morning, then Thursday night 6 to 8 um, p.m. is another opportunity to help fill those eggs. We have a lot of eggs we're going to have to fill, so we need as many hands as we can get. Um, And then besides the physical, um, we also need financial donations to cover the cost of more of the eggs. We want to do a pancake breakfast and then just some other fun opportunities. So there's more details on the sign-up sheets in the back. And then above all else, just pray. Uh, We need prayer for for all of this, for um, our, our... being willing to do this outreach for God to sustain us, to provide for us, for the people coming to soften their hearts, that they'd be excited to do something fun, but also would be excited to come back Sunday morning uh, for Easter service. So uh, the after service, if you want to talk to me or Cynthia in the back, um, I'd love to share more or um, see how you could help me out on, um, help us out on, on Saturday. So will you join with me in uh, prayer for our service today and for the event? Yes. Heavenly Father, you're so good. You're enough. You're Jehovah Jireh. We know that you will provide for us. So we just surrender this this event um, to you, God. I just pray that you would um, meet the needs that we have for this event, that you would bring the people here that are supposed to be here, that you would open their hearts to the good news, and that you would encourage them to come back on Sunday. We just give this to you, God. We are trusting that um, you will lead us in this, God, that you will be glorified through this through this event and that um, the community will see our little church and have a desire to come check us out more. God, I just pray for today. We pray for the worship team as they are leading us now into your presence, God. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you would meet us in this place. We pray for Pastor Gary that you would um, bring all the words that he has been studying this week um, to his mind as he uh, leads us through your word today. We ask all this in your son's name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship.
Lord.
This is a new song we're going to do. Uh, we're going to teach. We're going to learn it for the next month. It's going to be up every Sunday. But we're preparing for our wonderful Easter and our God that came to rescue us and to save us. And what love he has for us. He, it's a crazy love story. It really is if you think about it. And so as we um, sing these words, just think about what he's done for us. And you're welcome to sing with us. It's a pretty easy tune, so...
Beautiful song, huh? We're going to do a medley of God's love we just sang about. And you'll recognize, especially the last song, hopefully the older generation that knows hymns really well. It's beautiful. It's uh, one of my favorite hymns, actually. So... No one. 
couldn't earn it I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God Oh, love of God How rich and cover that badness, that sin. It's our favorite story in the whole wide world. You are awesome. And God, we cannot feel love. We can't even give love until we know your love. So God, we ask that every person here listening, even on the internet, that if they're in a moment where they don't believe that they are loved, even right now that your Holy Spirit would surround them and comfort them and speak very strongly like that love does. It says that it's strong. Thank you, God, that you are capable. Everything is possible with you. 
God, I know it takes a second person, the other person, to come into that relationship and believe. It might be a little mustard seed of faith. They're not quite all there, but they, they want to. And yes, they believe facts. God, may they just totally go over and surrender to that love fully. I rejoice right now just in somebody, maybe even knowing that love at this moment. That's the most joyous thing of salvation in another, to see someone cross over from death to life. And that's what you're all about. So thank you, Father. Today as we hear your word, may it love on us. <laughs> love on us, Lord, through your word, through your pastor that you've set up to be over this church. And thank you for every detail that has gone into this service, Lord. Each one is so vital. And we thank you that you have knit us together today. Holy Spirit, do your beautiful work. And we love you, Lord Jesus, for coming and being willing to obey Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, can I get a witness? Going to be a witness this year, this week? Witness. We have a lot to be thankful for, a lot to witness. You have your Bibles? Would you turn with me to the book of Acts? Take out your notes if you'd like to follow along. And we are currently looking at the, the uh, verse, uh, Acts 1-8. Acts 1-8. This Wednesday night, I want to invite everyone to come back at 6 o'clock, uh, we are going to reflect on the death uh, of Jesus Christ on the cross. We'll have communion that night. We'll have a special time of worship. Starts at 6 o'clock. I anticipate it'll be about an hour-long service. So if you'd like to do communion Wednesday night, join us. If you're a believer and you love Jesus, you just come on out, all right? And... Um, We'll have uh, some, like I said, some worship and communion as well here at this uh, service. Um, brought this golf club up here. It's a set from my golf uh, set that I use. And uh, these were owned by a guy named Charlie Fisher. I you say, who's Charlie Fisher? Well, Charlie Fisher uh, was married to a lady named Patricia Fisher. And uh, years ago, in a ministry that we had uh, with a pastor there in the church in State Washington, Charlie, uh, or Patricia started coming to our services. And she came up to us and said, you know, I tell you about my husband. He does not know Jesus. And uh, would you pray with me for him to be saved? Well, obviously, we started praying as a church. Charlie gets saved. Well, Charlie came to church shortly after that. Got to meet Charlie. Got to get to know him a little bit better, which was pretty cool. 
And, uh, and as he would come and we'd get to know each other, and, and I found out that he was a golfer. All right? And, uh, you know, that is one of the most, uh, that's the top sports that we can have, Al, just let you know that <laughs> in America. And uh, Charlie uh, not only was a golfer, but I found out that he was a range ranger at a golf course, Kennewick Golf Course. Hey, well, that means that if I was friends of Charlie, I might can slide in with him and we can play some golf. So I had all Terry Moe's, of course, but no, not really. So I said, well, Charlie, why don't we go golfing sometime? He said, sure. I said, I'm the ranger. You can come on and we'll go golfing together. So we start golfing. You know, when you golf, it takes about three hours to play the golf game, depending how good you are and might be shorter. So I, I went out there and we started playing. And, and, you know, in that conversation of three hours, you're going to spend time with three hours. You're going to talk a, a lot of things about life. And got to know Charlie. And um, so uh, pretty soon, after a few games of golf, we got to talking about spiritual matters. And uh, Charlie was you know, baptized as a Catholic when he was as an infant, and that was his religious background, and he just didn't. So we would talk about Jesus, and we, we would uh, discuss those things, and, then, and finally he... Um, got to a point, and he kept coming to services, and I called him up, said, I said, Charlie, I want to come by, and I want to talk to you about Jesus, and Charlie said, okay, so first time his house, I came to his house, opened up the Bible, shared some verses, answered some questions, and basically just gave my testimony, testify what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit talked to him, and I said, Charlie, would you like to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior? Charlie said, yes, he did. So we knelt beside his couch there in his living room, and he accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. We rejoiced that. Shortly thereafter, uh, I think it was, might have been a month or two, they diagnosed that he had cancer. At six weeks, or six months, about that time, maybe less, I preached his funeral. But you know, I know what Charlie is. And at the uh, funeral, I had two boys. They came up to me and said, uh, Pastor Gary, we want to give you something. And so they pulled out this golf set and gave me his golf clubs. These were custom fit for just for Charlie, and I use them all the time to remember Charlie. And they took his ashes, and they, they sprinkled out on the Kennewick golf course on the hole that he, he got a hole in one. And he, of course, he could tell about that. And, um, but they sprinkled his ashes on there. But I know he's in heaven. Friends, one of the greatest things about being a Christian is not only you know the joy of your salvation, as we just saying, and we're getting ready to celebrate the Easter, is, because, is to be able to share the good news with someone else. It's one of the greatest joys that we can have on this side of heaven is when we talk about Jesus to someone 
And we see how the Holy Spirit comes into their life. And they go from a, from a destination of hell, from a place uh, reserved in heaven because their, land, their name is written in the Lamb's book of life and they're going to be in heaven. Remember, folks, that we were made for a mission. And that mission was to take the gospel to those who are far from God. Some of us have not led a person to the Lord in a long time. You know, and the reason is, it's kind of like, you know, I like to fish. And the reason um, I haven't caught fish in a long time is because I think it's been eight years since I went fishing. (laughs) And you know, God wants to use us to share the good news, the most important news that we could ever share with somebody. Yes, there are a lot of good things that we can help people with. You know, we can help them with their car. We can help them with their groceries. We can help them with, with life. We can help them with a lot of things. But the greatest thing and the greatest news that we can have is to be able to share Jesus Christ with others individuals. So I would challenge you, and I've challenged you this, is to write your testimony and how you came to Jesus Christ. Because if you've come to Jesus Christ, you have a story So write it out in about a two-minute clip, and you will put that in your pocket, and whenever you go and and you get that opportunity, you'll be able to pull that out and say, let me tell you how I came to know Jesus Christ. I challenge you that. That'll give you great confidence. It'll be a tool that you can use to tell someone about Jesus. You know, when we get a new cell phone, we go through a process of uh, setting it up you know, we, we want to put, I'm so sorry about that. I'm not sure what's going on here. So if I keep popping, um, I'll go to Mike. All right. Okay, I will. I promise. <laughs> so when we get a new cell phone, you know, we go through that process of setting up and making sure it works and it's, it's uh, you know, dialed into how we, how we fit. And, and I liken this, as I thought about this, is that this is like, well, if we're going to be a witness for Jesus Christ, and simply telling, you know, about what has happened in our experience, there are some settings to make us an effective witness. Okay, Tyson, I'm just going to go ahead and grab this, this mic here. So you can turn the other one off. All right. Thank you. So we're going to be an effective witness. There are some settings that would help us to take what we know, what we have experienced, and put it into a setting that will make us an effective witness for Jesus Christ. So let's read our text this morning. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, I'm using the ESV. It says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Now, at this time, as the scripture is written, Jesus has died on the cross, and he was buried for three days, and he, and he had risen from the grave. And so this was after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he says these words right before he sends into heaven. So these are like, as far as we know, the very last words spoken to his disciples, spoken upon the earth before he ascends up into heaven. And so we would say these are important words. 
If you were to be on your deathbed and you knew that you were going to be ready to die in, a, in less than a minute, there are some words that you might say to a loved one. There are some important words that we would listen to because these are the culmination of your life. There's just some of what you want to leave behind, your legacy. And so Jesus says these words. And so he says these words, and, and, and in these words, there are, in this verse, there are three there are three words that we're going to focus on this morning. And the first one is going to be location. You know, when you set up your phone, usually they, they say something, you know, like, you know, do you want to have this location? Do you want to know where we're at? You know, and so there's, there's this, this dial-in of the location. So as we think of the word location in this verse, it says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the world or the ends of the world. And so they start with Jerusalem, and the disciples, and Jesus saying this, and then they're going to be spread around the country, and they're going to neighboring nations, and eventually across the world. And so it's like this. It's like when a person may drop a pebble in water, and it creates the ripple that, that spreads out into the edges of the pond. And this is what exactly what Jesus is saying. He is predicting. This is a, a prophetic verse. He's predicting. He said, you're going to be witnesses. And it's going to be Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. And it's going to reach out to the edges of the world, the ends of the world. And see, Jesus was giving them a, a vision that was bigger than their vision. I don't know what they were thinking, what they might do. Maybe they're thinking, well, we're going to have a, you know, a vibrant ministry here in Jerusalem. You know, and Jesus said, okay. And Jesus said, oh, I've got some bigger plans than you. And this is true with Jesus. He, he always has is bigger vision than we do. And so he, he um, uh, gave that to them. And, and, and it was also bigger than their comfort. He, you know, he, he took them places that they didn't want to really go. And he led them to people they didn't want to meet. And he allowed hardships and suffering that they didn't really want to experience to be a witness. It meant all these things, but it was powerful, and God knew what he was doing. You know, as we look at this, uh, this verse of the location, what Jesus is saying in the gospel, he said, you're going to be witnesses. You're going to be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, Judea and Samaria, and then you go out to the ends of the world. And it actually, it's an unfolding of the book of Acts as you follow that uh, progression there. And there are, three there are three interpretations I believe it's well for us as a church to understand because we've got to get this right. We're going to be the witness that God wants us to be. If the disciple is going to be the witness that Jesus wanted them to be. The first is, is the first and then, and this is a sequential um, witness. Evangelize Jerusalem first before Samaria and so, and then go on to the next one. So this is first they receive, and then after they've received, then we're going. It's kind of like if I was to take this and bring it down to my house, it's going to be, I'd be a witness to my house, okay? And now that people are saved, my house, I've got the gospel, okay, I'm going to go over to my neighbor, and then to my neighbor, I'm going to tell them about Jesus, okay? Then, then from my neighbor, okay, then, then the guy down the block, you know, I'm going to tell, and then, and then eventually, you know, in my city, and, and, then, and then the next town, and then to, to the next country. And so that could be an interpretation. Okay, uh, I don't think this is what God is saying. 
telling us to in, in this interpretation. And then there's the next interpretation is either or. There's a selective choice to be a witness in Jerusalem or Samaria. All right, either you're going to be a witness here, okay, put, put all your eggs in a basket here. All right, if you're going to be able to put all your resources in, and, and focus on here in Samaria. But here's the correct uh, interpretation of this verse, of this location. It means both and, both and. The Greek word, and we'll look at these three different words as we go through this verse, uh, is, is the first word that we're looking at as location, and it is, has the word of the both and and, it has the word Greek word, and as a two-letter word, it means T and E. It means at the same time. Here's the word being used in a different verse. It says in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 10, So these servants went out into the highways and gathered together all as many as they found. Let me stop here in the context of that. There was a, there was a, a big celebration. There was a big dinner and there was invites and no one came. And then he said, servants, you servants, you go out on the highways and the, and the byways. You go to places and, and you start inviting people in so that we can have this great celebration. And the word both in that verse is the same word T-E is used here in Acts chapter 1, 8. And it says, and, and the word, and so we continue on with the verse, both bad and good, and the wedding was furnished with guests. So take, so both the bad and good came in, they came in together simultaneously at the same time to be there at the um, at the marriage or at the, uh, the celebration there, the party. And so when we say this, when we look at this verse, the church had been mandated to take the gospel to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends are at the same time. It's not one place at a time, not in steps, not according to our preference. Every church in every region of the world has been called to evangelize every region of the world at the same time. So what do you think? Local, and we're to think global of being a witness to the world. This is what Acts 1.8 says to the disciples. Well, so, as, so we look at this as the, as the best original uh, interpretation of this word. And it helps us as a church, when we think about that, to think globally focused and local at the same time, that the gospel is meant not only for here, but the gospel is meant for those across the, the great pond. When Jesus said in Mark or 16, 15, and said, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to whole creation. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore, as Jesus said, and we call this the great commission, make disciples of all nations. He said, I want you to go and I want you to make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So the interpretation of one actually local is to both be here and as well as there, and that we are to reach uh, every nations, everywhere that the gospel must be preached. Uh, Oswald J. Smith said this, no one has a right to hear the gospel twice while someone has heard it once. Should we make sure that somebody has heard it multiple times, or should we have a heart and a belief that someone who has never heard the gospel, that they need to hear the gospel at least once in their lifetime? 
I think when we come to this understanding of Acts chapter 1-8, it helps us to finish the Great Commission. It helps us to complete Acts 1-8. Do you know there are 7,000 unreached people groups who do not have a strong witness of the gospel of Jesus Christ in our world today? I remember going to the Philippines. As we're going to the Philippines and Pastor Greg Lyons, the missionary there, said, uh, Gary, I want to show you someplace. And he called, took me to a place called the Floodway Church, Floodway area. And, and there was a church that they were trying to establish. He says, God has been burdening me for this area. He said, I drive by this every Sunday to go to their main church in the, in the Philippines. And, and almost every weekend as I go on Sunday, there's always caskets. And a lot of times there are little caskets that are along the road. And, and this is the way they would, they would, when somebody died, they put them in a, in a homemade casket. And then the government would come by and pick up uh, the caskets and they would take them to the place where uh, they were to be buried. He said, I got a burden for this. This is one of the lowest places, lowest parts in, in Manila. He said, I want to show you something. So we stopped and, and we went into this bar. No, there was nobody there. It was an empty bar. And, and as he said, this is where we're holding church. He says, it stinks. We have to, we have to clean it up. There's all kinds of stuff that, that happens in a bar that's there, you know, left over from the night before. And said, we would like to go across the street, and there's this building there, and, and it's not finished in the second story. If we could just complete that second story, they said that we could have that and start renting that and, and start holding services there. And I said, well, Greg, how much did it take? And he said, about $7,000. And so, Greg, we'll, we'll pray about this. So we went back home to our church, and, and Cindy and I had received an inheritance at that time, and we just gave heavily towards that, and we were able to raise that $7,000. And that was, a, 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 you know, we weren't a, a affluent, rich church, but, but we were able to give that money back to the, that church, and they were able to build that building. And, uh, you know, still t- today, and as, as I think about that, you know, here's what I'm saying is that, that we could have said, you know, our church, you know, it's just a small church, and we just can't, we don't have a lot. And, and we could have said, you know, I, we just better stay, stay uh, here and focus on here. But God wouldn't leave us alone with that, and so we went and, and gave them that money. And today, that church, is called the Floodway Church, has, a, has a, a nice auditorium, and they run about 200, and then they have a, feed, a, a, a feeding center that feeds, that feeds, that feeds uh, hundreds of people there in that community. And plus, that church has started other churches and that church will start other churches. I'm just saying that was a worthy investment, and we didn't miss that. We didn't drive by. We didn't turn away and say, God, you know, that's over there. That's their problem. You know, that's their issue. We're just focusing. No, God wants us to see this world as he sees it. When Jesus came into the, the, the uh, Jerusalem, he was there on the, on the Palm Sunday, and he said, he, the Bible says he wept over Jerusalem. He said, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. But, you know, he wasn't just focused on Jerusalem. Because evidently, he was also focused on the rest of the world. Because he, after the resurrection, he said, uh, you know, you're going to be a witness in Jerusalem. But then you're going to also be a witness to the ends of the world. That's what God wants us to do. It's not just think about, you know, what 
we have here, which is good, but think in a bigger vision. God, how do you want to use us to reach the world for Jesus Christ? You say, well, pastor, the whole world, you realize how big the world is. This is Somas. <laughs> I know. And I also know that God knows that. But you see, when we're talking about a witness, we're not talking about our own power. We're not talking about what we have. We're talking about what God has. Which brings me to the second word in this passage. is the word power. You know, when you set up a phone, you, there's a power. There's a source of power that you're going to have. And the, and, the, and the power, you know, comes from that connection to something bigger than itself. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And the order seems important. I don't become a witness, then I receive power. We receive power, which, which in turn causes me to be a witness. And this word power is the word uh, dunamis in the Greek. It's the word dynamite. We said this last week. The power does not exist within the person. It is a result of the Holy Spirit within. The Holy Spirit has the power. We're just the host of the Holy Spirit. He dwells within us. But because he dwells within us, we can have the power of the Holy Spirit in our witness. And the Bible says that we will be witnesses. Shelby, that's a strong uh, words there uh, in the Greek, that we're going to be. It's not if, maybe, perhaps. It's as if it's already done. And we find as we track this, Happened in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. The scriptures tells us as we go through the book of Acts, literally, dynamite, explosive of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because in chapter 2, Peter stands up and 3,000 people get saved. 5,000 multitudes get saved. And then we have the martyr of Stephen, and, and it's spread out into other uh, parts of Judea and Samaria. And literally, there was this, and you've seen the, the great bombs that have, you know, blow up, and there's this big mushroom, and then there's this expanding out, exactly what happened to the gospel. Because of the power of God, and not the power of the person It's working. You want to be a witness, testify of Jesus Christ? You want to speak up for him? Just say, well, I can't really talk right. I stammer. But that's okay, because the Holy Spirit doesn't slammer, stammer. He, he, he can talk right. He can speak clearly through any words that you may put out there. But I'm kind of shy. I like to talk to people. Don't worry about your shyness. Let the Lord speak through you. The Holy Spirit is not shy at all. The Holy Spirit will be bold. I don't know the Bible enough. Well, no one really knows the Bible enough. We're all in the process of learning. We don't know it. And we can work at it, we can study, and we should. But you know what we'll do is that... We'll give what we do know, and we'll leave the results up to God. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit, not the power of your words, or the power of your knowledge, or the power of your communication that sells people to the gospel. That isn't it. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Well, what if I make mistakes? 
Well, I want to just be right up front. I make a lot of mistakes. I know this is Confession 101 today for Gary Jane. You know, I've messed up with the conflict of schedule. And, you know, I've made a number of mistakes, and I still make the mistakes, and you will make mistakes. But that's okay. The Holy Spirit does not make mistakes and can cause people to see the truth even through your mistakes or forget your mistakes. Some may say, well, I'm, I'm afraid it won't work. You know, I just don't know. I just, you know, the faith is little. I hear what you're saying, but Pastor, you just, and usually when we're saying that, we know some hard-nosed guy or some hard-nosed person in our life that we try to witness, or you know that they're just going to reject the gospel. They're going to make fun of it. You know, and they're very smart. They're very intelligent. They throw these arguments back at you. And usually we think it won't work. Maybe we've tried it. We gotten any, haven't gotten anywhere. Remember this, my friend. It worked for you. Power of God came into your life, convicted you of your sin. The same power that convicted you of sin can work in anybody's life. So we're not talking about what you can do. We're talking about what God can do. And the vilest offender, the gospel can reach that person. The Apostle Paul was, was one who was, was very hard-nosed, and yet God reached him. The Holy Spirit promises that if you will be willing to be open, to be a witness, His power will work through you. God will use those words, your witness, to touch people's life. The witness is anyone who cooperates with the Holy Spirit and telling others about Jesus. All God needs is a little cooperation from his people. When he gets it, we can change the world. God invites us to cooperate with the Holy Spirit in telling others about Jesus. This is God's description for every Christian. If we will do our part, we may be sure the Holy Spirit will do his part. It's about the Holy Spirit, about what God's doing, not what you're doing. Only the Holy Spirit can convict. Listen. Only the Holy Spirit, only the Spirit of God can cause that person who is death, dead spiritually to have life. Only God can raise a body up from life like he did Jesus Christ. There's a big difference between telling and selling. If you do the telling, the Holy Spirit can do the selling. You can't do his work, and he won't do yours. We simply just bear the witness of the light. And we get this witness thing like it's a selling thing, like, like, it's, like we had a, a studying up for a debate, to, to win the debate. Just simply to give out what we know to be true about God and our experience of God and let the Holy Spirit take it from there. To be an effective witness means that you have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. And this is the third thing, is the right passcode. You must be a witness. <laughs> Don't you love passcode difficulties? <laughs> I have, you know, four uh, pin numbers that I have to memorize. 
And my goodness, I have so much trouble with those four numbers that takes four pin cards. I don't know if you have problems with that. I almost have to write it down on my hand for my pin card. I don't, but to be affected, there's a passcode. What is this? Well, let's take this third word. Watch this. The word witness in the Greek is mar- martis, M-A-R-T-Y-S. And we get the English word martyr from this word. It means being loyal to Jesus no matter the cost and speaking up for him even when others oppose. It's being like a martyr. And I'm not talking literally, you know, strap bombs on your vest and, you know, go and blow yourself up. But we come to this place like the disciples. God, if you want to lead me to Judea or Samaria or even to the edges of the world, I'm willing to go. And God, if you so see fit that you want to take my life, then I'm okay with that. That tells us we're all in. When you think about the disciples, there were 11 at this time when Jesus was given because Judas, you know, did his thing. But there were 11 disciples, and all 11 that we know, except for maybe one, John, they did die a martyr's death for the gospel of Jesus Christ. And pastor, you say, I'm scared. I don't want to be signed up. Who wants to be signed up to die? Listen. It's not about your physical death. It's just about dying to ourselves because here's the passcode for the Holy Spirit is this. We have to make room. We have to die to ourselves. We have to to push our agenda, ourselves out of the way and say, God, I'm open. God, work through me and in me. Let your will, let your way have you. And so to be a witness for Jesus Christ meant or means I'm willing to do what it takes, even if it meant to be a martyr. I don't think God is probably calling any of us, and maybe he is, I don't know, to be a martyr. But we have to be willing to do that. And Jesus gave, gave us a great example this week. We're, we're getting ready to go on this week, and we're thinking about as Jesus approached on Palm Sunday, he knew what was up ahead seven days later. He was wrestling. He was talking about this. He was weeping of this. He was... He was going forward with us and trying to share this with disciples there in the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. We have to be willing to be at that place and say, God, I'm all in. Would you bow your heads in prayer, please? Every head bow and every eye close. Can I get a witness? Don't you think maybe that Jesus is, is talking to us about this? This, my friend. We have the potential of taking the gospel. I'm talking about this church. I'm talking about this group right here to the utter ends of the world. Guy wrote a book. Can't think of the name of it. Can't think of the author. But, but I remember reading this illustration that he. He said that if if they, there was just one person, 
would reach one person a year to Christ. That's 365 days a year. If just one person could get saved, and then we teach that one person to reach one other person for Jesus Christ. And they, in turn, then, then they would teach that one person to reach just one person, just one person a year. He figured up that at the present population numbers, it would take 32 years for every person on planet Earth come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. 32 years. It just takes one person saying, God, I'm in. I want to win somebody to you. I'm, I've never won anybody to the Lord. Uh, I, I've never been a, uh, a, able to, to be a witness and, and see somebody accept Christ in their heart and their life. It takes that Holy Spirit power of yielding and dying to ourselves. Say, God, use me. This morning, I want to pray for those who first are not sure about their salvation, and then second, for those who say, God, I want to win somebody to the Lord. I, 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 God is, and it's not me winning, it's, it's God is just, I just want to be a witness. Wherever you are, and God, would you use my witness, the power of the Holy Spirit to bring people to yourself. Would you like to sign up for that? Say, yes, God, I'm, I'm there. Well, let's pray together, okay? It starts with prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We thank you for how you're working in our, life, in our hearts and our life, and you brought us together, and you brought us into this moment, and experiences, and all these things. God, there is no accident why we're here. There's no accident why we're hearing this message. There's no accident. You know, God, you've got a purpose in, in touching our hearts and using us. And for that individual right now that they're not sure heaven's going to be their home. If the last breath that they would take right now that, God, they're not certain that I pray that they would be open to your salvation. And, God, that they would come to us. They would even meet me here at the front. Let me share the, the scriptures. Pray with them. God, you love them. You've pursued them. You've done everything. And it's up to them. Father, I pray for as believers that, that we would not miss our mission. That we would not bypass what God is wanting to do in our hearts in a bigger way. It's not just... It's not just right here what's in front of us, but there's so much more that God wants for us. And so, Father, I pray that we will open our hearts, be willing to die to ourselves and 
Allow you, God, to your, your spirit to work and, and freely among us and, and we'll be obedient and we'll follow you like, like Philip the Ethiopian uh, who went in, into the desert and witnessed to one man. And that one man uh, caused a great evangelic revival there in Africa of the Ethiopian eunuch. God, we're willing. Help us to be an effective witness through your power. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing one more closing song and do this again as, as those words will penetrate our hearts and be an anthem responding back to what God is doing in our lives. And if you'd like to pray, you'd like to um, talk about uh, whatever's going on, I'm, I'm available right here. You just come meet me. Uh, come meet me after the services. Um, we truly want to help you in your walk with Jesus Christ. There's connection cards back there. There's offering as well. And uh, back there on the uh, table, if you'd like to give towards that. God bless.
spacious and extreme was strong enough to come and fight for me to go through hell and down into the grave and raise me up to see you face to face you raise me week with his love. Have a great week.